Welcome to Retiring Today, the podcast that guides you to and through retirement. I'm Molly Nelson, hosting this podcast. I'm here with Rochelle Smith. She is the producer and across from us is Lauren Merkel. He's a certified financial fiduciary, a certified financial planner, and a retirement income certified professional. And like millions, maybe even billions of people, Lauren, are you a Googler? I am a Googler. <laughs> we're all just we're like always Googling stuff, aren't billions we? Billions of people. Billions, <laughs> just, yeah. Millions, yes. billions. I think we all we, have one thing in common. We all Google. I think we did an episode where we talked about what we Googled about. I think we on did. The podcast. I, that's a great point. I think we looked into our phones and, yep. and found what we'd been Googling. So, yeah, I think that absolutely the name of that one is your retirement is more than a Google search or more yeah. than an internet search. So if you're interested, you can go back into the Retiring Today podcast archives and see what we're Googling. And what we did with that episode is we kind of looked at some of the common rules of thumb that get thrown around in retirement. And we talked about how what you find when you Google those, Lauren, for example, 4% withdrawal rates, or I can't remember, so we, we type those in and what you find doesn't always apply to you. No, and that actually goes really well into our first question that we're going to talk about here is what is the best what when you type in what retirement it comes up what retirement plan is the best well it's your plan because it's your retirement you have a certain retirement vision that is probably unique from your neighbors and your co-workers and your certainly your parents and maybe even your siblings so how you accomplish that from a financial standpoint is going to also be unique there could be some overlap with different strategies and where you receive your income certainly most people in the United States have access to social security. So there's going to be some overlap to those decisions, but the best plan is going to be your plan because it's going to show you how to accomplish your retirement vision in extreme detail. This is the web's most searched retirement questions. Part two in part one, we searched questions about retirement income. We talked a lot about social security. So here's what we did. We took a Google search bar and we typed in what retirement. Then of course we know Google does auto complete and what came up first was what retirement plan is best. You answered that one pretty well, Lauren. The next thing that came up is what retirement age. So people always kind of want to know, you know, where do I stack up? How far away from retirement am I? What's that magic retirement age? Yeah, the retirement age, if it, the magic retirement age is going to be based on what it is you want to accomplish. How, how do you like your job? How much do you like your job? How much do you dislike your job? What's your health condition? How much money do you have saved from an investment standpoint? Uh, when are you able to make the best decision possible for you when it comes to delivering Social Security income? Do you have a pension? Uh, is your job eliminated? Uh, sometimes you don't get to decide. Sometimes your employer decides for you. Uh, so there's a lot of factors that go into what is the best retirement age. I think uh, the average retirement age across this country is 62. If you can Google that. <laughs> oh, he wants me to Google it for him, huh? And uh, I think uh, most people, when polled, would say they planned on retiring somewhere around age 64. So that right there will tell you, at least as of recent, within the last couple of years, people have not made it as long as what they anticipated from a retirement standpoint. And again, there's a lot of factors that go into that. Yeah, some most recent data I could find says average age is about 62. Yeah, so that's that's not surprising because the first time most people are eligible to take Social Security is, coincidentally, age 62. And so people think, well, I can take Social Security at 62. I don't know how long I'm going to live. And we hear all these reports about Social Security going broke. There's a study that's conducted every single year that gets a lot of press saying that Social Security, we're going to have to cut by 25% at the uh, year 2034. So people look at all that and they say, why not retire 
and take Social Security, get out of Social Security, whatever we can get out of it, and start this retirement journey a little bit earlier than what we had planned. Next up, when we typed in what retirement came up was what retirement income is taxable? That's going to vary based on the state you live in. So there's a couple different levels of tax. There's the federal tax and then there's the state tax. And there's a lot of states out there that are either really favorable from a retirement income standpoint or like the state of Iowa, they're becoming much more favorable. So we just talked a little bit about Social Security. In, in most states, in the majority of states, Social Security in, income is not subject to taxation. So it's uh, tax favored. That's what we classify as tax favored, meaning you're not going to pay as much tax on your Social Security income is what you would maybe income from an IRA uh, that you've never paid taxes on before. And then we have the federal level. And the federal level is a little bit different from a standpoint that there's really three main types of retirement accounts and they're taxed differently. And what most people are familiar with is the pre-tax 401k plans. You put your money in every pay period. You never pay taxes on that money as you deposit that money to the plan. It grows tax deferred. And then you finally pay taxes on that money when you pull it out for retirement income. And then there's the non-qualified accounts, or some people call those brokerage accounts, which you pay tax, you, you make contributions on an after-tax basis, so it's money you've already paid taxes on, and then every single year, you pay taxes on the capital gains that you realize and the dividends that you realize. But most of those capital gains, assuming they're long-term capital gains and qualified dividends, you pay taxes at the capital gains tax rate, which for most people is less than what the ordinary income tax rate that they're paying on their pre-tax IRA and 401k distributions. And then you have the most coveted retirement account from a tax standpoint, which is the Roth, the Roth 401k plan, the Roth IRA. Again, it's after tax contributions. So you pay tax on that income that you have received, but then you contribute it to the Roth 401 or the Roth IRA and you never pay taxes on that growth ever. So the, you put $100 into the Roth IRA and it grows to $1,000. You do not pay taxes on that $900, assuming it's a qualified distribution. So you have those three main different types of retirement accounts and they're all taxed differently, which goes into your retirement income plan. Which accounts do you withdraw the money from first? Which accounts do you withdraw the money from second, third? Do you use a combination withdrawal strategy? All that goes into that very first question about what's the best retirement plan. Well, it's your plan. It's customized based on the resources and all the factors that go into your retirement vision. So we did two episodes on this where we typed in different retirement questions into the Google search bar to see what would come up. And here's the, the theme of the answers. It depends on your situation. So what better than to talk with a retirement planner about your situation? So we're going to tell you about an opportunity. It's a 15-minute retirement checkup call. These are complimentary. We'll give you the website in just a minute. But Lauren, a 15-minute retirement checkup call, tell people what it's all about. Well, what it, what's about is you've entered a phase that you've never been in before. So who we work with is those within 10 years of retiring or already retired. And we write these customized written retirement plans. And you'll notice as you transition from the accumulation phase uh, to the pre-retirement phase to the retirement phase, you're facing questions that you've never had to face before. And you're seeking these answers be, because you know the answers to these questions are going to impact the rest of your life. You have saved whatever you have saved, 500000 a million dollars, whatever that is, and you know that needs to last you the rest of your 
life. And a lot of people also have legacy plans that are that go well beyond your lifetime. So all of these decisions you encounter that you never encountered before, and you want to make sure you're making the best decisions possible. That's what the written plan is for. And that's the stuff that we uncover on these 15 minute retirement checkout phone calls. What are your concerns? What have you been thinking about? What questions do you have? Russia invaded Ukraine. The stock market's going crazy. How does that impact your retirement? What are some of the things you should be looking out for? All of those things we talk about as a part of that 15-minute retirement checkup phone call. If you have questions about something you're hearing in this podcast or retirement in general, a great place to start is MerkleRetire.com, M-E-R-K-L-E. It doesn't matter where you live. You can go to the web, type in MerkleRetire.com and schedule your complimentary 15-minute retirement checkup call today. We typed into the Google search bar, what retirement? And the last thing that came up, we're looking at the top four things that came up, Lauren, is what retirement accounts are subject to RMDs? This is a, a great question because there's so many different types of accounts and there's different time frames of which you might be subject to RMDs with these different accounts. So one of the things that comes to my mind right away is an inherited retirement account. So let's say your mom passed away and she left you her IRA. Well, that's now an inherited account. And based on the SECURE Act that was passed in 2020, the required minimum distribution was changed. So it used to be that you'd have to take out a required distribution every single year over the course of your lifetime. But now that required minimum distribution isn't applicable until that 10th year after you received that inherited IRA. So you could take money out year one, year two, year five, but you're not required to until year 10. So an inherited retirement account, you have to take an RMD. Even if year 10 hits before your age 72, the 72 has nothing to do with this specific example. Yeah, confusing, right? Because most of the times with your retirement accounts, age 72 is when it kicks in where you have to start taking distributions. But when you could be 30 years old, inherit an IRA, and you're mandated to take the distribution out no later than that 10th and final year. And then at that time, do you start taking a percentage of the IRA, a certain percentage or the whole thing? Yeah. So there's an IRS table that you have to abide by. So, and the IRS table is custom to receiving an inherited IRA. So it's all based on what your age and, and what your life expectancy is based on what your, what your age is. So, so the inherited IRA, that's one. Uh, what most people are thinking about with this question, though, is their retirement accounts. So with your pre-tax IRA, you're mandated to take a distribution once you start age 72. Uh, if you have separated service from your employer and you left your 401k plan behind, then you're mandated to take out a distribution from the pre-tax side. And this, this next part's important because most people don't, don't know this. But you're also mandated to take out a required distribution from your Roth 401k. So again, this is when you separate service from an employer, you left your money in the 401k plan, you have some money underneath the pre-tax side, some money underneath the Roth 401k side, you are 72, you are now mandated to take distributions from the pre-tax as well as the Roth. The reason that's confusing is because when you left that employer, if you would have rolled that 401k plan to your IRA, you would have taken the pre-tax money and rolled that to a pre-tax IRA, taken the Roth money, rolled that to a Roth IRA, and now you're only mandated to take distributions from the pre-tax IRA, not the Roth IRA. Because Roth IRAs, you are not mandated to take distributions unless, going back to the inherited account, unless it's an inherited Roth IRA, 
then you still have to have the, all of that money out by the end of that 10th and final year. I feel like I should draw a diagram. Yeah, for the podcast this, listeners, that'd be really helpful, Merkel. makes a lot of sense. Well, I'm just looking at the confusion no, on your face. No, I'll, I'll explain it. I think, and it's probably the first time it's stuck, because I'm sure it's not the first time you've said it, but I wonder if others are hearing it for the first time like I feel like I am. You don't have to take money out of a Roth IRA at any point. There's no time when a required minimum distribution kicks in. Yeah, so if I categorize this as in my mind, so I'm, I'm visualizing a piece of paper, <laughs> and I split the piece of paper right down the middle. Okay, I'm with and, you so far. And at the top left, it says retirement accounts, I have to take an RMD. Top right, it says retirement accounts, I don't have to take an RMD. Okay. The only account that is on the right-hand side is your Roth IRA. Oh, interesting. If you inherited a Roth IRA, Gotta then, take it. then it's on the left side. Okay. If you have a 401k plan and you have a Roth 401k plan and you're post 72, you it's on the left side. So the only account you don't have to take an RMD from, a retirement account, is on, is the Roth IRA, your Roth IRA. And the reason this matters is because of taxes. You have more control in retirement over the accounts that you can decide when you want to take the money from. Yeah, from those pre-tax accounts, the, the whole deal that you made with the IRS is they're not going to tax you when you deposit money into it. They're not going to tax you along the the accumulation phase. They're, they're only going to tax you once you start taking money out in retirement. So that was the deal you made. So they've never been taxed on any of that money before, there has to be a time in their mind, there has to be a time that they, they start receiving tax revenue from this, this retirement account. And right now it's at age 72. The next thing we typed into the Google search bar was early retirement because we know that people are retiring earlier post pandemic. So we want to see what people are trying to figure out about early retirement. The first thing that came up was early retirement age. You alluded to it, Lauren, 62 was a previous early retirement age, but we know that keeps creeping down every year. Now, from a planning standpoint, are you seeing that with the families and individuals that you're working with? We most certainly are. There's a lot of people who are just ready to retire. And again, there's a lot of reasons for that. Part of the reasons that aren't really talked about all that much, though, is, is the stock market. The stock market for the last 12 years has really done well. So 401k balances are higher than ever. So people are getting frustrated with the current work environment. They have more money than what they've ever had. And they're just saying, hey, it's time. It's time to go. And, and the conversations that we have with our families uh, become quite emotional as well because a lot of our family members are somewhere between that age 60 and 70 years old, and they're starting to go through the death of their parents and the death of even coworkers, the death of their friends. So what they communicate to us is it's kind of a wake-up call for them that they don't know how much time they have. Nobody knows how much time they have. They have more money than what they've ever had. And one of the questions that is posed us a lot of times, and it's rhetorical most of the times, is how much is enough? How much is enough? And time is the most coveted asset that people have, and we don't know how much time we do have. So people are deciding to retire earlier than ever. I think the other reason for that outside the high 401k account balances is a lot of people now are engaging in a written retirement plan more so than ever before. We've always been taught that our retirement plans are our investments, our IRAs, our 401k plans. But as people go to retirement, get closer to retirement, you start to realize there's a whole lot more to this retirement picture than just your investments. And so people are engaging in real retirement planning and they're seeing the answers to their questions and they're seeing that they can live a fruitful retirement. They can enjoy their retirement vision with the assets that they have. And they're saying, let's retire now. 
If you're thinking about retiring early and you'd like a little bit more information on the subject, we've got a great video. We called it the Retirement Revolution. It's on YouTube. So go to YouTube, search Merkle Retirement Planning, and you can find our Retirement Revolution video there. But let's keep talking about Google. So we typed in early retirement to the Google search bar. Early retirement and Social Security, how, how are those two correlated? Most people are eligible to take their Social Security benefits as early as age 62. So I don't think it's coincidence that a lot of people are choosing to retire at age 62. And that is considered early because your full retirement age is somewhere probably between age 66 and, and age 67. So for most people who have not elected Social Security right now, yeah, your full retirement age benefit where you can receive your full amount not the discounted amount. If you take your benefits at age 62, you're receiving a discounted amount to the tune of about 25%. So that is considered taking your Social Security benefits early. The other thing, when you take your Social Security benefits prior to your full retirement age, is you now have an earned income limit, which means if you choose to kind of engage in a phased retirement where you're not retiring completely, maybe working part-time, maybe doing some contract work. Now you can only make a certain amount. And for most people, it's going to be somewhere around under $19,000 for the year if you don't want to be penalized with the earned income penalty. So that would be considered early for Social Security. Uh, but a lot of people are doing it because they don't know how long they're going to live. They hear about all these scary stories about how Social Security is going to go broke or be discounted in the year 2034. They choose to retire and then start their Social Security benefits early. Now, that doesn't mean that's what you should be doing. So just because you retire, those are independent decisions. And just because you retire, it does not mean that you have to take your Social Security benefits or you should take your Social Security benefits. And that's why you should have a Social Security analysis done as a part of your overall retirement plan to make sure that of the 81 different options you may have available to you, you are making the best decision. And there's a lot of factors that go into when you should be taking your social security, your, your health status, uh, your tax plan will have an impact on when you take your social security. Uh, what you want to do from a legacy standpoint will have an impact. There's a lot of factors that go into it. You need to weigh out all of those factors to make sure you're making the best decision possible. Okay. I need some social security clarification talk about full retirement age, then you talk about a retirement, the discount if you retire at 62. What about the fact that your benefit grows to 70? What's the difference then between full retirement age and what you get at age 70? Well, let's say that your full retirement age is 66. Then from 66 to 67, you get an 8% guaranteed growth on your Social Security income. From 67 to 68, you get another 8% guaranteed increase. So over that four-year period of time, you get a guaranteed 32% cumulative increase on your Social Security benefit. So some people look at that and they look at what the banks are paying us from a guaranteed amount. The banks, what are you getting at the bank? Half a percent. Not much. Maybe even less. <laughs> and so you're looking at, at guaranteed lifetime income receiving an 8% jump every single year. Some people are saying it's too good to be true. Let's take it. Let's take advantage of that because we can't get that anywhere else. So that's that's how it works. If, if you receive, if you start taking your Social Security benefits at 66, in this case, that's your full retirement age benefit or full retirement age, then it's going to be the amount, the full amount. If you delay, you're going to receive what they call delayed return credits in the tune of 8% per year up to age 70. And if you start taking it earlier, it's called an actual reduction, which means that you basically uh, receive Social Security payments at a discount. 
And I think what I have a problem with is the wording. When you say to me full retirement age, I think, oh, that's the most I can get. But then the benefit still grows over that. So I, I just find the, I guess, the wording confusing on that. The, the wording is confusing. And we run into that quite a bit from a standpoint that there's some people that, that come to us for the first time. We start engaging in the Social Security conversation. They say, I'm going to wait until my full retirement age to take Social Security. And there's no real rhyme or reason to it, except for they know that's their full retirement age benefit. That does not mean that that's if you elect at your full retirement age benefit, you are going to receive the most out of Social Security. So that also is independent. The The title of full retirement age is deceiving for a lot of people for a lot of different reasons. So we need to and, and that's part of the benefit of that analysis. So you can identify if you take it at this point in time, here's how much you're going to receive on a monthly basis. Here's what we project you receiving from a lifetime basis. And then once you have those numbers, once you can see that your Social Security decision will become much, much simpler. And there's one more thing that comes up in the Google search, uh, predictive kind of finishing of the search for you. And it's the early retirement health insurance options. And that has to be a big barrier for people that are thinking about retiring before they're Medicare eligible. If you're thinking about retiring prior to Medicare age, it is a conundrum for a lot of people of how they're going to cover these expensive healthcare costs, uh, which is why age 63 and a half has become a really popular retirement age because there's this thing called COBRA insurance, which means if you have qualified healthcare coverage through your employer, you retire at 63 and a half, you can carry that healthcare insurance for the next 18 months up until you get to age 65 and then you switch over to Medicare and that will solve that issue, that expensive healthcare issue for many people. If we were to, to reverse back, go back in time, let's say 10, 12, 15 years, very few people would ever execute on COBRA. They would, very few people would take advantage of COBRA because it was the most expensive healthcare option at that time. Now, for many people retiring prior to Medicare, it is the least expensive option that they have. But what we do is we look at all the different healthcare options because there's a there's a number of them, and then we'll evaluate. Here's the cost for your healthcare. Here's the quality of healthcare that you get, and then once you see that laid out, also that decision becomes much easier. Next up, we typed in what retirement accounts, and one of the things that came up, Lauren, was what retirement accounts can I borrow against? Very few. You can. Now, when we're talking about your employer-sponsored plans, most of the employer-sponsored plans will allow loans. And, and that's one of the confusing areas because you, you go through your accumulation phase having access to a 401k plan, having access to a 403b plan where you can take a loan against it. But then you move that money to an IRA and people think they can take a loan out of an IRA and they can't. They can do a distribution and if they qualify, they can put it back into the IRA within the next 60 days and not have to pay taxes on it, but it's not considered a loan. And at what age can you do a distribution? Any age or 59 and a half? At any point. Okay. So you can, if you're 30 years old, you have 50000 in an IRA, you can take 40000 out and put it back in within the next 60 days. You have to be careful because you can do only do that once per every 12 months. And again, you have to meet that 60-day deadline. So... You have to be careful with it. It's not a loan. Your employer-sponsored plans typically are the ones that you can take loans from. What retirement accounts can I max out first? Or maybe should I max out first would be a better way to put that. 
one of the themes to successful savings for retirement is, is let's make it easy, right? Let's take the complexity out of it. People get overwhelmed when there's too much complexity. And one of the easiest accounts you can contribute to is your employer sponsored plan. So if you have a 401k plan, a lot of times that employer is going to match you as well. So that's free money. Everybody likes free money. So Ooh, yeah. So start with your 401k plan in most cases and contribute up to that match or as much as you can. Uh, and the dollar amounts will vary based on your age. Uh, but that's that's an easy one to start with. So start with that. And then if you have excess money at your discretion that you can continue to save for, then look at potentially the IRAs. So the Roth IRA, if you qualify to be able to contribute to a Roth IRA because that, and if it makes sense from a tax standpoint, if you're in too high of a tax bracket, Right now, do you think you're going to be in a lower tax bracket down the road? You might want to consider a deductible IRA if you qualify for that deduction. Uh, so this is this is where the customization comes into play because the answer for you might be different than the right answer for your coworker. There's a lot of different retirement options, but as a theme, simplicity is a good one, especially when you're just getting started. What retirement accounts are FDIC insured? This is, uh, this is interesting because a lot of people, when we talk about an IRA, people will say, what are your, how are your IRAs performing? Or what can I receive as a return from this IRA? Well, the IRA is just a tax code. It's a tax shelter. So it'll allow your money to grow tax-free in the form of a Roth, or it'll allow it to grow tax-deferred in the form of a traditional IRA. But it has absolutely nothing to do with the growth in the IRAs, has nothing to do with the performance that you're going to get. And it has nothing to do with whether or not your investments are FDIC insured. The FDIC insurance comes traditionally with bank types of accounts. So if your bank qualifies underneath the FDIC insurance coverage, <clears throat> then your CD or your savings account or your bank money market account, all of those could be FDIC insured. And those can be part of that tax uh, shelter known as the IRA. Yeah. And so you can have that. So let's say it's a CD. Your bank uh, qualifies for the FDIC coverage. Uh, you're using a CD through the bank. You can have that CD underneath a traditional IRA. You can also have that CD underneath a Roth IRA. And both of those are FDIC uh, covered. And is there a limit on how much these bank accounts can have and still be under the IRA? Yep, it's 250000 per registration. So if you have a traditional IRA at the bank and it's a CD that qualifies for the FDIC insurance, it's up to 250000 You can also have a Roth IRA at the same bank, and that can be covered up to 250000 You can also have a money market, and that can be covered up to 250000 as well. So uh, there's, there is limits on each one of those, but with the banks and FDIC, FDIC insurance, you can structure it a lot of different ways to make sure most or all of your money's covered. And to be clear, obviously that's one option in an, with the IRA. You can also what, purchase stocks inside an IRA and all those other types of investments too, right? Yeah. So with the IRA, you can literally have just about any type of investment you want to. So if you want FDIC ins insurance coverage, you can have something that's covered by the FDIC insurance, or you can go with mutual funds or stocks or bonds. None of those investments are covered by FDIC insurance. So you can, you have an array of options that you can select from to make sure you have the portfolio that you're trying to create. So we know Google, probably a good place to start to get some basic information, but the answer to your Google questions is specific to your situation. So how about talking directly to a retirement planner about your situation? 
Go to MerkleRetire.com. That's M-E-R-K-L-E, Retire.com. You can schedule a 15-minute complimentary checkup call today. The great news is it doesn't matter where you live. You can schedule that call. And wherever you live, you can listen to this podcast. It's Retiring Today, and we thank you for listening. Merkle Retirement Planning is an independent financial services firm helping individuals create retirement strategies using a variety of investments and insurance products to custom suit their goals and objectives. Any information discussed in these shows is for educational purposes only and should not be construed as investment, tax, or legal advice. Investment advisory services are offered through Elite Retirement Planning, LLC. Insurance services are offered through MRP Insurance, LLC.